This is Corey Willis with PVI, and you're listening to The Diesel Podcast. I'm Adam Blattenberg from Diesel World. This is Dan, owner of Dan's Diesel Performance. I'm Cass from Diesel Doctor of Tennessee, and you're listening to The Diesel Podcast. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the number one diesel truck podcast on iTunes. Last week, you guys helped us in the, the top two for most of the week. We wanted to thank you guys for all, all the support and the downloads and reviews and all the feedback we get on social media. If you're not following us on Facebook or Instagram, we encourage you to do so. That's where we release the episodes and updates and, and messages from our partners first. Just search The Diesel Podcast. You'll find us on there. Any questions, any show suggestions, anything like that, just shoot us a message. We love hearing from you guys. Now, on this episode, this is listener requested is we've had a lot of guys message us and say, Hey, what's, what's the breaking point on a 7.3 liter power stroke? What's the breaking point on a six liter power stroke? And so we're going to be chatting with Paul from DDPM today. And we're going to ask him those questions about the rods, the crank, and then also get in the heads a little bit as far as, you know, should you O-ring or fire ring or just leave it alone? So we're looking forward to, to chatting with him, getting your questions answered before we get to it though. There's a, a couple things we wanted to announce the first, and this question has come up for years, and we get it a lot on the podcast, a lot in our inbox, is for the second-gen Dodge Cummins guys that have a 47RE. The last question's about the torque converter locking and unlocking, or it just being erratic. And it, it's basically, with the app signal, it can get distorted, and the PCM it is it's not commanding it to lock up at, at, at the right time. There's a product that BD Diesel has that will solve that. And it installs in minutes. It's super simple. Go to dieselperformance.com. You can check that out. If that's the issue that your truck's having, it's a quick, easy, simple fix. So you don't have to deal with that annoying problem of the converter lockup hunting around. Also, we want to encourage you guys to check out Precision Converters. They've got a winter sale going right now that'll save you quite a bit of money. And you get free shipping on a converter. We've chatted with the, the crew over at Precision before. You know, about stall speeds and about you know, ways to choose the right converter that you need for your truck. So right now you can save money. And if you need a restall, it's a free restall. And that, that saves anywhere from three, four, five hundred dollars $500. So, you know, racing season's coming up. Throw the converter in. Maybe go with a larger turbo, more fuel, something like that. Need to adjust the stall speed a little bit. Your first one's free with Precision Converters. Just go to converter.com. Check them out. Got any questions? Give them a call. Send them a message. They're more than happy to chat with you. All right, let's get to the podcast talking about the breaking points on 7.3 and 6-liter power strokes. Paul, it's great to have you on the, the Diesel Podcast. We've been chatting about an episode for a while and, and talking about power strokes, and you guys have uh, you know, done a lot in, in the performance world. So we're really excited to have you on today and, and talk about trucks and breaking points and upgrades and all those sorts of things. Absolutely. Thanks for having us, Patrick. Uh, it's been a uh... <laughs> we've been we've been waiting for to come on for a long time and uh we got we got a lot to offer as for information with this stuff a lot of knowledge so i wanted to start by having you you know just introduce yourself and your company to our listeners and and uh you know letting them know what you guys do in diesel in the diesel industry and specifically with performance sure absolutely um you know we started back in 2010 dynamic diesel uh, and then we turned it into dynamic diesel performance and machine just because there's literally like 10 or 15 other dynamic diesels in the country so uh <laughs> we tried to pull ourselves away from that but uh we <laughs> so we we started in 2010 um 
working just on power strokes. I'm a Ford guy. I've always been around Ford stuff. Um, growing up in the Motor City in the Detroit area, um, we're pretty. I'm pretty blessed to have a lot of talent around me. Um, a lot of the stuff, believe it or not, is made around here or designed and you know manufactured and um, maybe shipped overseas and sent back here. But uh, <laughs> um, there's a lot of that going on. But uh, uh, you know, we started in 2010. I've been a, a, a engine machinist and engine builder my whole life, um, even back when I was a kid, um, drag racing, uh, you know, doing all kinds of horsepower stuff. So um, we kind of ventured off into the actual uh, power stroke stuff and um, just kind of took it from there. Um, it's It's been a learning curve for us. Uh, obviously, the diesel stuff, uh, the cylinder pressures and a lot of the stuff that they're doing with the stuff, these big, heavy trucks making tremendous amounts of power. Um, it's, uh, it, it's, it's been a long, long road, but we, we've, we've gotten pretty figured out on, on a lot of the stuff. Again, these aren't like gasser engines, you know, where the, the technology has been around for 50 years plus. Um, it's the diesel performance industry is still kind of new. So we're learning stuff and innovating every day. That's something I, I wanted to ask as well is how much or – where would you say the the technology is right now with being able to say you know put an engine together or just a, like a setup together where it can handle some of the power levels that these guys are making not just once but making it last like are, are we getting really close to it or are things moving really fast or or how's how, how would you assess where things are at um, as for as for horsepower and stuff, the technologies keep getting better and better. I mean, it seems like this this market's really moving really fast. There's a lot of stuff coming out. There's a lot of talent in the industry, um, you know, in, in the diesel community itself. Um, just figuring out how to you know maintain injection pressures and trying to push these things to the next level. Um, you know, as for the um, you know the way it's going, I, I would say it's getting better and better and better. And as a little small companies like us. Um, start to learn how to program CNC machines and start to make parts and test stuff. Um, you know, it, it's really, really um, the, the horsepower from five years ago in the industry where the horsepower was and where it's at now and the power these guys can make and make it a lot easier um, with the packages and the tuning and the turbos and the fuel and the, uh, you know, the, the bottom ends of the engines, building them up and, and, and all the technology. Um, it, it's, it's really exciting to actually be in this industry and watch all the innovation. So it does seem like it's just had this incredible push all around it. so many aspects of of building a truck whether it's it's a race truck or it's something like you know it's used to like a street truck or something that's towing is i don't know maybe three to three to five years or so it just it's like it's exploded into this you know like oh, the, yeah. the, Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and the thing is with the power, and that, that's where, like, if you, if, how much can they handle? How much can they, what is the breaking point? Uh, like, uh, seven, three power strokes. Everybody knows, you know, 2000 and lower pretty much had the forged connecting rods in them. Those are good to about 600 horsepower ish. Now, I'm sure there's a few guys that have made 800 with them, 900, 1000 maybe, and they broke them after four or five hits on a dyno or, couple wide open throttle passes down the express race in a Corvette. Um, but, uh, <laughs> um, you know, it really, really, it, it's, it's how much power do you really need? Um, a lot of guys coming off of a 400 horse truck or, you know, a, just a stock truck with a tuner and an exhaust and stuff like that. How much more power do you need? We get that call a lot. How much can this thing, how, how long will it last if I make this much power? It really, it comes down to one thing. He who applies the foot the most pays the most. <laughs> so then that's what I tell customers. It's, you know, because they all treat them differently and every combination is different. 
Um, a lot of it has to do with drive pressures too. You know, um, you know, when you start turning them up, the drive pressures go up, the injection pressures go up, and the amount of fuel and soot buildup and, and fuel dilution in the oil has a lot to do with the longevity of the engine. Um, uh, as an engine builder and a machinist, because they are two different things, and just seeing, because usually a lot of the stuff we do, 90% of the stuff we do, when it comes in, it's broke. So we get to see what happened, um, you know, to the bearings, to the to the bottom ends of the engines and the, and the stress loads that they're under and stuff like that. So trying to figure out to build a, a good combination for a guy, it's really hard to say. I can tell you it's going to last 100,000 miles at 700 horsepower. Um, most, most of the power strokes, uh, maybe your stuff, might last a little bit longer, but, um, you know, as for like a 7.3 or a 6.0, you're really on that ragged edge right around the 6 to 7-hour horsepower range, um, you know, on, on stock nomenclature, bottom end stuff, um, you know, doing modifications, obviously, like connecting rods and stuff like that above 700 horsepower. That's, that's my breaking point with everything. Um, now, again, I've had guys make a 1,000 plus on stock rods. Does it last long? Absolutely not. I mean, it's uh in all of them, you, you start pushing the power strokes in, you know, above a thousand horsepower, the longevity goes away. I mean, you can't, I get a call uh, probably a couple of times a week, guys wanting, you know, they want to make 800 to a thousand horsepower. They want to tow their race car to the track in their gooseneck 40,000 pound trailer. Um, and then they want to be able to make a thousand horsepower with the truck. It's, it, they're just not going to last at that, that, that horsepower. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of stuff that you can do uh, with machining and all that other balancing and, and stuff like that to make them hold the power longer. But it, they are going to break eventually, you know, if you get above that seven, eight, seven, eight hundred thousand horsepower range. You know, if we if we were to look, say, at the seven three, say, you know, the ninety nine to oh three trucks, what are some of the, the the wear items or the things that you'll see? Say on, you know, something that it's maybe running an aftermarket turbo and, and some tunes versus, you know, someone who's pushing the limits of what the rods can do. Are, are, are there some common failures that you see? Um, yeah, the, uh, basically the 2001 through 2003, which early 2000, they started doing the powder metal forged rods. Um, we re-rate those at about 500, 550. And really, uh, until probably about a year ago with a lot of the turbo technologies and tuning, and maybe a couple of years ago, they started to really turn them up a lot farther than that. Um, seeing the failures in them is, is really the connecting rods. Um, and, and a lot of it has to do with, uh, you know, load cycling. Um, how long, how, how many times does that, has that rod been to off the rev limiter? How many times has it, you know, it's the load cycling. How many, how many cycles of load are you putting on the engine um, to putting the stress on the actual parts? As for a guy with a 7.3 with a tuner and maybe he's got a, a bumped up, uh, you know, injector in it and a turbo, um, you know, you can get away with it for a while. Maintaining your EGTs, um, watching what you're putting on it for tires. A lot of guys are up on 35s, and they've got a four or six-inch lift. Um, it's a crew cab long bed, and they're pulling a 15,000-pound uh, cement trailer all day with it. Um, so uh, it, really, it really depends on the application of what you're doing with it. And you have to look at these things as a whole as a, as a whole truck, and that's what we do with a lot of our customers. They don't just call in and say, hey, we want an engine. This is what we're doing. Uh, what else are you doing with the truck? What's the install converters in it? What are the rear end and front uh, gear ratios in the truck? Because that has a lot to do with it. And how, how are you are applying the power, the tremendous amount of torque and power these things can make to the ground? Um, and, and what are you doing for your maintenance schedules? Um, when you start to really turn these things up, um, unfortunately, with a lot of the stuff, um, <laughs> since 2008, they've changed a lot of the oils in these things. And um, you know, changing your oil. If you're if you're putting a larger injector in these things, we always tell people um, 
on something that's going to be daily driven, um, you know, with, with maybe a stage one or stage two style injector, whatever size that would be, um, you know, you want to always make sure you change your oil, especially on the Huey stuff. Make sure your oil's clean. Um, you know, I, we usually tell people at 2,500 miles, if you're going to, if it's a hot shot truck and you're, it's a daily driver and you're trying to make a lot of power with it, I would not go over 2,500 miles on an oil change because that's the thing we see the most of the Patrick is the breaking point of a lot of it is, is lack of maintenance. Um, you know, uh, people think they can go 10,000, 12,000 miles on an oil change on a truck that makes seven or 800 horsepower. It's not, it, you're, you're going to break the engine because the soot content buildup in the oil because of having so much fuel, um, it gets past the rings. It doesn't matter who machines it, who builds it. It's going to get into the oil. And when that does it, it loses its lubricity. And that's when the clearances start opening up in the engine and you start having problems. When you're talking about the like the load cycles and, and how many times it's been to the rev limiter or how much fuel's being in there, I, I've thought about the question we get a lot is, hey, I'm looking at the 7.3 power stroke. Um, seems like a really clean truck. Is it going to be reliable? Is it going to hold up? And it's so you don't know, you know, with its life, how hard it was driven, what was done. And, and you hear those kind of horror stories of, you know, somebody gets a truck, they go out there, maybe have a little fun with it. And there's this catastrophic engine failure where it probably shouldn't have happened, but how many times did it happen before? And it's just kind of, you know, it's added up. And then you get to the point, you know, like what we're talking about is, okay, you know, it broke. Now, what do I do to fix it? How do I fix it? You know, what's my game plan for making sure it lasts, and uh, you know, handles the either the upgrades or, or the the towing and, and use of the truck. Sure, sure, absolutely. And really, that that a lot comes down to, and, and a lot of guys is, is they don't want to uh, they want to upgrade, but you know, there's only so much they can do financially, and that's a big part of it too. Is I tell guys if you, if it's if it's a not a daily driver truck, and it's going to be a hot rod truck, a weekend truck, you know, one that you take to the sled poles and, and drag race, and, but you still want to drive it on the street to save your money and. And with the bottom ends in the, in the seven threes, they can be very stout um, if they're if they're built correctly. Main studs, main girdles, um, bed plates, um, but you know, obviously that stuff comes with a lot of expense. So I mean, if you want to play, you got to pay um, that kind of stuff. But uh, with the seven threes, I, I I seriously think that most people on the street, um, if they're coming off of a you know 400 horse deal, you know, with a tuner and an exhaust on it, maybe a stage one turbo, and they want more power. Um, you know, step up slowly with it because you might get to a certain point where you don't, where you're okay with that horsepower level. You know, maybe it's 600 horsepower. That's my goal. Um, you're going to be on that ragged edge for a while. And in, in a 7.3, those things can take an absolute beating. They really can. Um, and you can probably get, I would say, between 70 and, and 100,000 miles out of something like that at 600 horsepower if you maintain it and, and you're nice to it. I mean, not saying that everybody's nice to it because when they want 600 horsepower, you know, obviously they're they're not going to be as nice to it as a old man driving one with a tour on it. So, <laughs> <laughs> with the the cylinder heads on the seven three, how how do those tend to hold up? Say with the standard kind of upgrades that the guys do to their trucks with like you know a, a six position switch and maybe a modified injector and a, a turbo flows a little bit more air. They, they actually hold up pretty well. Um, you know, obviously uh, they're with the cylinder heads. Um, the, the, they don't have as many as her, uh, inherent head gasket issues as the new ones, <laughs> but um, you know they do have a lot more studs around the around the actual cylinders. Um, what I usually tell guys is when you get to a certain point, when you start making 45, 50 pounds of boost, yes, a stock head gasket will work. The cylinder head will be completely fine as long as it's machined correctly. It's got good valves in it and stuff like that. 
Um, a lot of guys are upgrading their valve springs in them because the 7.3s have a tendency to float the valves a little bit. Um, but as for anything above 45 pounds of boost-ish, 50 pounds of boost, I usually like to go to a firing setup. Uh, there's a lot of ATS diesel. There's a bunch of companies out there that make the firing setups. Uh, we actually do them a little bit differently than most. We actually trap the rings. Uh, so we cut a receiver groove. We CNC machine in a, a receiver groove in the block and in the head, and we trap the ring in between the two. And uh, I've got guys running over 120 pounds of boost with seven threes and, and not having head gasket issues. That's a question. I can't remember who asked it on social media. And he, he he's always he's always like, hey, have more seven three guys on, have more power stroke stuff. But he, he a lot of people ask how well the fire rings hold up if it's a truck that you're driving every day. And so I wanted to ask you that is is there a trade-off with them if it's, you know, say you live in a climate where, you know, it, it does get cold, it's warm in the summers, you know, it might be daily driven, tow a, a trailer every now and then. Can you run fire rings on a setup like that? It absolutely can. Um, the thing with the fire rings they have to understand is you got to put a little heat in the motor before you drive it because those rings have to do, have to expand. Um, I've seen a lot of problems with fire rings because I've I fixed, I don't know how many sets that other machine shops have done, um, where they're just, the protrusions weren't right in them. They put it all in the head. It was sticking out too much or it didn't have enough. So when it tried to lift the head off the block, you know, it, it, it just didn't seal correctly. Um, and that's really, it literally has to be within a half of a foul, five tenths of a foul. It has to be absolutely perfect to be able to make it seat and, and seal correctly. Um, there's a, Hypermax makes a, a pretty nice firing setup. It's kind of a flat crush deal. Um, that one, what I would do for most people is a Hypermax stuff, unless they're really, really starting to get into uh, when they want to make a thousand or real close to that or over that. I like to do the actual steel ring with the receiver grooves. We've had a really good luck with that in a lot of the stuff, um, even even the newer platforms. So, But it, can it be daily driven? Yes, it just has to be machined correctly. Now, as far as these kind of, I know it's a completely different motor, but with the six liter is is say the set of upgrades very similar with what parts are going to fail? I think the ceiling's higher with it as far as the bottom end and the kind of power they can make, but do you run into the same sort of problems as, you know, the power levels going up in those trucks? Hey, this is going to fail. Then it's going to be this. We need to address, you know, these upgrades before, you know, you toss more fuel at it or, or bigger turbo. Absolutely. I mean, the 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 six uh, holes, and that's that's my favorite one because that's what 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 are uh, claim the fame is the six liters. Um, the uh, the six liters are they can handle a tremendous amount of horsepower. Uh, I, I have guys making over a thousand on stock rods. Um, they don't really have a lot of crank flex until they get to about fifteen hundred horsepower. The blocks are very very stout. Being a bed plate design the way it is, um, it traps the crankshaft. They don't walk as much um, as as like with the seven threes. You have the main girdle them. Uh, when you start doing uh, stage one, stage two camshaft upgrades in a 7.3, you're going to start revving it more. They don't like RPM because they have such a big arm in them, so a lot of stroke. So with having a big arm in an engine, all they all do because we're trying to make torque, um, you know, you start getting a lot of torsional vibrations in the bottom end and stuff like that in the crank flex. Um, the 6 O's, they don't have as much inherent problems as that. Um, Obviously, with head gaskets, they do, but we'll get into that in a second. But as for the bottom ends uh, on the 6 liters, most people, I say, you can get away with 700 horsepower, 750 horsepower on a stock connecting rod um, for probably about 30 to 40,000 miles, depending on what injectors in it and how hard you on it, are on it. I mean, I have some customers that can't go 5,000 miles without chucking a rod out of it. It depends on <laughs> so, 
again, that's this it's, it's how it's used. Um, and that really has to come back to like with combinations. Uh, um, somebody will sell them a X and X size injector and this turbo, and they'll get some custom tuning. Um, you know, just basically download it into their tuner, not knowing what, just kind of having somebody put together a package for them. But their truck is different than the truck that would, that they tested. Like it was a two-wheel drive, 5,100-pound truck. Well, I have an 8,600-pound truck, and I want to make the same power. Well, there should be other things that should be attended to if you're trying to do that. And I think guys don't really think of that. Maybe they don't think of the weight of their truck. It has a lot to do with the load on the engine and the drive pressures in the engine, um, you know, with the failures of the six liters. Um, I know a lot of people think they're junk. I actually absolutely think they're an amazing motor if they're done correctly. Um, you know, obviously with some of the people that I've dealt with over the years and setting horsepower records in the six O's and stuff like that and cylinder heads and airflow and stuff, um, the six liters are really, really coming along um, with, with, with the quality that you can do. And a lot of the shops out there, um, they're, they're, they're tooling up their shops and doing machine work correctly. And, uh, you know, they, they can last. Uh, one thing with the six liters again is also because they are a Huey injector. Um, you definitely need to change the oil in them. Um, most on the street, I tell them this. If you need any more than a 175.30, it's not a daily driver and the size of an injector because with the technology and the tuning and injector technology, intake manifolds, cylinder heads, camshaft technologies, everything, the six-liter stuff has came so far in the last couple of years. Um, the power we used to make five years ago, again, is a lot more now. Guys are making 50, 80, 100 more horse than they were with the same setup five years ago. So they have to take that into, into play, too. And what do you really need out of the truck? Um, you know, most old men, I'll put, a, I'll put a tuner in their truck and a set of 17530s and a, and a regulated return, and they think it's a rocket ship because they've never felt over a 1,000 foot-pounds of torque before. And, and so it's, uh, you know, I, I, would, I would definitely say with the six liters, uh, with the breaking points the, on the bottom ends, they are pretty stout. Um, you know, fill dilution is a big thing um, with putting large tuning and stuff like that so keep your oil changed that's that's number one you you have to keep the oil changing these things uh because there's nothing we can do about fuel dilution or soot content in the oil and i see a lot of them when we tear them down uh, you could just tell the guy just didn't do the maintenance uh the the paraffin wax build up in the um you know in the oil basically adheres to the uh, the soot and it just it, you lose your lubricity in it um there's another problem they do little bit of an oiling issue um, with the front covers and stuff. If you start getting into real high horsepower stuff, the cranks actually flex and you'll lose, you'll lose oil pump clearance. Um, and obviously you get low oil pressure because of that. And low oil pressure, um, you know, in a Huey is, is not a good thing because we use oil to pressurize the injection system. When, now with the, the, the head gaskets, it's like if somebody goes on to Google and types like six liter power stroke, you know, head gasket issues. There's tons of things that are out there. What are, what are some ways that the guys who have a six liter can try to prevent that? Or, you know, say they've gotten to the point where they're just going to do a bunch of upgrades and, and they're starting from scratch, you know, building an engine. What can they do to try to avoid head gasket issues on their upgraded setup? I you know, if, if they're just doing like a, basically they blew a head gasket um, they want to, you know, do a bulletproof on it, you know, st head studs and uh, maybe new heads or remachined heads. What I would suggest, obviously, I, I would highly suggest is um, getting, making sure you have good machine surfaces. Good machine surfaces on the deck, the block, 
good machine surfaces on the actual cylinder heads. You also want to make sure that, um, you know, when you, if you are doing it in the truck, make sure that you're doing the, 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 the block surfaces correctly, you know, prepping the block surfaces. Um, back in the day when I used to wrench on them a lot more, now that we're in engine shop, I don't wrench on them as much. Um, we used to use stones, and I would take some literally mineral spirits, and we'd cover the whole thing off, and I would stone the deck surfaces to make sure they're flat. I see a lot of head gasket failures that shouldn't have happened happen because of that. Um, just just prepping. It's just not prepping enough or using the wrong materials to try to clean the deck surfaces and stuff like that. Um, and, and just you know, piss poor machining on, on cylinder heads or not even machining the cylinder heads to make sure that the cylinder heads, um, you know, the, they adhere to the gaskets correctly. Uh, surface finishes have a lot to do with that. Um, a lot of the people are O-ringing cylinder heads now. Um, I, I, we, we do it on every six liter we build. Um, some of them are doing where if you're doing a complete build, you'll do an O-ring in the block and O-ring in the head. Uh, or on higher horsepower stuff, we do the fire rings. So uh, we do half in the head, half in the block. Um, and, and like I said, those guys are, I've got guys running, I mean, they're waste gated at 80 pounds and they don't even, they won't even pressurize a degas or anything like that ever, um, you know, doing that stuff. But, you know, obviously there's also a cost with that. And these trucks are very costly when they're down. So just do your, do your homework. Um, make sure you're using somebody that, that actually does, has been doing it for a long time. Um, I see a lot of that in this industry. Um, there's a lot of uh, new, new people coming in and out all the time and, and they all have a little different way of doing stuff. Um, and a lot of it I agree with, and some of it I don't. But, uh, um, you know, I would say with the cylinder heads, that is the biggest thing with it, is getting the O-rings correct, uh, you know, in the heads, O-ringing the cylinder heads, and also studs. Um, real, this is a really funny story. I had a, a, a customer of mine brought me an engine. He wanted to reuse his studs, and I told him, no, I'm not, I can't reuse your studs, um, you know, because they've already been used. And that's just a, a thing that we don't do here. The truck's been studded before. They say a lot of people say that you can reuse the studs. That's usually not the case. Um, these things are they're not that easy to get in and out of these trucks. So I always tell people, if you have the money, at least throw a set of 425 brand-new studs in it every time if it needs a head gasket. Um, use a good head gasket factory forward. Belpro's a really good head gasket. The ball head gaskets are good. Um, you know, it, and everybody, that's like a different flavor of beer, Patrick. Everybody's got a different, you know, flavor with what they think works, you know. So, um my own personal stuff, though, if it was me, I would spend the money. I actually like using 625 studs and everything. Unfortunately, a lot of people, these are very costly. They don't want to spend the money on them. Um, and, and that's the thing. You know, using, reusing head bolts or head studs is just, it just doesn't work. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, I did one for another guy like that. And, okay, I just studded it. They did a crappy job. I just bought the studs. Well, they were already stretched, and we put it together, and it had head gasket issues. So uh, being in the engine business, we, 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 we uh, sometimes we're susceptible to other people's, you know, ass clownism, as, as I say. So. Oh, yeah. And it, <laughs> it's one of those things, too. Like, it, it it's it, like not like that, that's one of the great, I think, questions that any diesel performance enthusiast or truck owner. Once the trucks get to a certain point, we get to that question of which set of studs do I use? And, you know, there's seven, $800 price difference between the two or, you know, somewhere around there. And we think, oh, do I really need those ones? Do I really need to do it? And I think one of, one of the things that we hear all the time with all of our guests, um, whether they work in the industry or they're a racer or an enthusiast is we always want more power. And <laughs> if it, it ends up costing more, you know, for not doing that upgrade to go back in and do it, even just from a labor standpoint, it's going to cost more. But then once we 
throw in some failures, maybe head gasket failure, then the price difference just grows where if you just would have got that, you know, that set <laughs> that set from the start, you would have saved money overall or, or in the long term. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm a hundred percent with you. And that's, I always tell guys, if, if it's something that you can wait on, if, even if it's a couple weeks, yeah, you need your truck. Maybe you're borrowing another truck or you're driving your, your wife's back, you know, car back and forth to work or whatever, save the money, try to, try to buy the best parts you can. Um, you know, there's a reason why ARP makes a better stud than the other stud. Um, you know, it's, it's more of a race application stuff, but I mean, if you have an 8,500 pound crew cab long box, you know, at 450, six liter and you pull really heavy with it, spend the money and put the better studs in it because, um, those are reusable. You can reuse the uh, 625s at least once. Um, and, and they they just have a lot more clamping force on them. Um, another thing, what I, I see a lot, what, why, why they're having head gasket issues. And I know this might be a little bit of a touchy subject um, that I see because I see the engines come apart when they blow head gaskets is, is the tuning. Um, some tuners, they'll, they'll throw you a box tune, and maybe it's not completely set up for your you know application. Too much pre-injection timing. Um, not on big enough um, you know AR housing on the actual turbos for the drive pressures and stuff like that that you're running. Uh, how much fuel you're running, but it really it comes down to the tuning. A lot of times, putting too much into down too low, um, it, it really it really puts a lot of load and stress on the actual um, you know the engines, and, and they can lift the heads because of it. Yeah, it's it, it's something you know in general, and we've talked about it so far is just how much things have changed, and I think the market and the the entire diesel performance scene is is very competitive now. I mean, I think it would always competitive. It was always competitive, but there's so many new products, new technologies, um, new power limits that are being reached that there's a lot of choices out there for, for truck owners, be it with tuning, be it with a hard part, um, or, you know, a setup or injectors or whatever it might be that I think there's, there's just so many choices that it just takes a little bit of research, a little bit of, you know, looking into things as a consumer and you can get setups and builds and parts that are really dialed in that I think were some of the early problems that, you know, browsing forums and things like that, that you'd see aren't quite as prevalent now because of the quality of, of parts and experience and everything that's out there for people to, to pick from now. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah, they're, they're definitely, like I said, the, 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 the diesel community and the industry and all the innovations, um, a, a lot of it has to do with machine technologies, too, of, of how people are machining stuff nowadays, and uh, how it's more, uh, it's easier for shops to grab, you know, some of these high-end machines nowadays to be able to hold these tolerances and be able to machine the stuff for these, uh, you know, for these, and, um, and also um, being a little bit, you know, more... I, I don't know how to say it. I, I don't know how to say it, but, uh, you know, just being a little bit more uh, knowledgeable about the stuff and learning, you know, I mean, everybody goes through a learning curve with this stuff. If they tell you they don't, they, they, they obviously haven't done enough of them um, because this is all so, so new. Um, but as for the, the innovations and in technology, absolutely. So on social media, where can, where can our listeners find you? Check out uh, you know, some of the, the things you guys are doing and some of the builds. There's some really high performance race trucks out there that you guys are, are helping out on and i'm sure you get uh 
get feedback and in videos and things like that. Where can they find you on Instagram and Facebook? We are DDPM Inc. on uh, Instagram and then uh, Dynamic Diesel Performance Machine on uh, Facebook. Uh, we also do have a YouTube channel. Um, we also are in in the in the process of building an ODSS Pro Mod 60 truck right now. Oh, Big cool! Video. Yeah, absolutely. We're uh, it's been a long project. Um, we're 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 finally starting to get the chassis all ironed out and stuff. Um, I kind of changed my direction a couple times on it, but uh, it's in a good direction now, and hopefully. Uh, we'll be out this year with it if everything goes correct, but for sure next year we'll be out uh, having some fun with that. But, uh, yeah, also our website, dynamicdiesel60.com. You can always call into the shop, 855-648-6773. We're always here to help. I think we're going to have to do uh, do an episode in the future talking about 6-7 power trucks. I think those are they're, they're great trucks. They're, they've got a lot of potential. And some of the differences with, you know, see the early 6-7s versus what's out right now and, and we get those messages a lot that are, hey, I want to do a thousand plus horsepower build on my six seven power stroke. You know, what what do I need? Uh, what what are you guys seeing out there? So I think we can definitely definitely chat about that and and uh, you know kind of circle back around as well and see if you know some new products are are out or new things that uh, you know make it easier for guys like you to give truck owners these solid setups. It seems like the diesel aftermarket changes a lot every three to six months so i'm sure by the end of this year there's going to be a ton of new stuff out there oh absolutely yeah i mean i definitely would like to have be back on i got you know there's a there's a lot more and with the engines there's there's 478 pieces of rotating of uh, you know equipment in an engine so there's a lot to talk about we could go on for hours so <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate you taking time away from building engines this you know today and and chatting with us and, and answering some of these questions that our listeners have likewise likewise yeah absolutely don't forget, diesel fans, if you've got a second-gen Dodge Cummins, got a 47RE, have that torque converter lockup issue where it's just hunting and not really knowing what it wants to do, if it's a signal with with the uh, with the apps, BD has a product for you. Go to dieselperformance.com. It's priced right, installs easy, and if that's the issue you're having, it's going to solve the problem for you. And also, looking for a converter, race season coming up, summer's going to be right around the corner, going to be towing a trailer with your truck, you got to go to converter.com check out what precision converters has they've they've got some sales right now save you some money and then also with the free restall program which is unmatched it'll save you even more money till next time keep the shiny side up